Welcome to E2T Adventures. Explore, experience, thrive, be adventure. Where we're celebrating all women in the outdoors as we change the gear industry to fit all women's needs. and this is E2T Adventures, where we talk about women in the outdoors and try to make the outdoors more accessible to all women. And I like to talk about the personal stuff, the stuff that we don't talk about unless it's quietly in forums or you're asking your best friend or what do you do in this situation. And so I talk a lot about periods. Uh, we're going to be talking about sex in the outdoors. We're going to be talking a lot about the pooping and peeing. This is where we come from. And so I found, um, as I'm spacing on your name, I'm sorry, Angie. <laughs> I found Angie Madsen, uh, which she calls herself your hormone hype girl and your hiking partner who has the best snacks. As a fertility awareness educator with an adventurous edge, she helps athletic and outdoorsy people interpret their bodies and use the menstrual cycle to feel strong and confident as they get after their goals. And I love this because so often we consider our periods to be something that just gets in our way, something we have to be almost ashamed about, quiet about. So thank you so much for being on. Before we really get into this, I have to say for legal reasons, this is for informational purposes, this is for conversational purposes, and not for any type of medical advice. So Angie, thank you so much for coming on. We had so many great conversations that I was so caught up and I was like, what's your name again? Oh my God, so bad. <laughs> horrible. I know, I'm so happy to be here that we've already dug way into things. <laughs> I will say, I would like to start by saying if, if you're a listener and you just heard Marcy's intro and you're like caught off guard and feeling like, oh, gross, periods, or you're just feeling some kind of like, can we really talk about this? Then you should really listen up <laughs> to this episode. And uh, there's, if you have a period, if you're in a body that has periods and you are neglecting or suppressing or hiding them, then there's a whole lot of power in your body that you're not accessing. So listen up and get ready to rock and roll with your periods. <laughs> I love it. So now you're, you love the outdoors mm -hmm. and you, you were just telling me that you're going after rain here this year. Yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> it's a goal. And so, so many women, and I've, I've had this experience too, that I'd be planning a trip and I'm like looking at my period tracker and it's like, oh no, it's going to fall on my period. Or I'm thinking it's not going to fall on my period. And as I'm coming up to the trip, isn't that the one time that my period decides, okay, we're going to switch up the cycle on you a little bit and we're going to come right smack dab in the middle of your trip. Mm -hmm. And I know that like every woman deals with this. And so how did you get into being the hormone hype woman and getting into this subject and wanting to teach other women how to work with their periods instead of feeling shameful about them. Yeah. So you're right. I am fairly outdoorsy. I, I like to dabble in um, many outdoor pursuits. I guess primarily these days I'm trail running, starting some more hardcore mountaineering a little bit like the Rainier goal. Um, and I, I was always interested in the outdoors, but I was not always interested in periods or hormones because I grew up with that same basic health class public education view of 
here's your sex ed lesson, try a pad or a tampon, don't have sex or you'll get pregnant and die as they say in Mean Girls. <laughs> um, again, this is <laughs> yeah. not medical advice. That's not true. <laughs> yes. Yes. And um, yeah, it was just very minimal, not telling me how my body actually worked. So I grew up ignoring my period. I had the code words for when I was on my period to tell my friends because we couldn't even say the words of what was happening on and in our bodies. So I never would have expected to go down this route. But long story short, I kind of was using and abusing my body, which definitely affected me athletically and, and just emotion, like mentally and emotionally with my passions too. I just had a few years back in college when I was very disconnected with my body and I was doing what society told us to do, which is, you know, uh, well, hide your period, first of all, <laughs> um, move around a lot, don't eat enough, all these things that I was absorbing from the media and everybody. And so I was extremely disconnected from my body, didn't give my period a second thought, I just saw it as a nuisance. And then all of that changed. Um, I lost my period for about a year because I was exercising too much and not eating enough, which is actually really common. And if this is you, get help and life will be a lot better when you get your period back, I promise. Um, but then I finally got my period back and I started to reconnect with my body. And then one month, everything just kind of blew up, <laughs> which was, I was on uh, the copper IUD mm. and there's no perfect birth control, right? Every birth control has a failure rate of some sort, every single one. And there are a lot of risks that doctors don't tell you about. So if you're on a birth control pill and your doctor just says, here, this will regulate your periods. First of all, you're not regulating your period. You're suppressing your system, but that's another podcast day, I think. <laughs> yeah, you're actually telling your body that it's pregnant. To a certain degree. That's like, that's what they kind of will tell you, but it's more just suppressing the system altogether. So a lot of hormonal birth control options will prevent you from ovulating. I know that most people think the period is the main event of your whole entire cycle, but really ovulation is the main event. You can't have a period without having ovulated a couple weeks beforehand. So a lot of birth control will work, will work by suppressing ovulation and um, using synthetic hormones to prevent your body from producing the natural endogenous hormones. So um, the Paragard, the copper IUD that I was on was a non-hormonal method, meaning I was still ovulating, I was still having periods, and uh, there's like a 0.02%, some crazy small percentage chance that it just doesn't work, just like on the pill, just like any, um, any contraceptive has that failure rate. So um, I started bleeding and spotting pretty badly um, one week and I just was having these sharp jabbing pains. But my first thought was, well, growing up in school, they told me that pain is normal, spotting is normal. Neither of those things are normal, by the way. <laughs> and so I ignored it for a few days until uh, eventually I went in to a, an urgent care clinic, told them my symptoms. They took my urine to test for a bladder infection, but they did not test for pregnancy, even with my urine. But um, so I got misdiagnosed. And that night I ended up in the ER getting my fallopian tube removed because I had had an ectopic pregnancy that ruptured my tube. So I was wow. 23 at the time. And that was shocking to have to suddenly go into surgery for a life-threatening issue when I had taken in my mind all the steps to prevent pregnancy from happening. I did what I was told. I was a good girl. I 
ignored my periods. I hid them and I got birth control that was supposed to be the most effective on the market. And I still fell into that statistic of there's no perfect option. And that just kind of spiraled out of control. After my surgery, I had a whole lot of anxiety with my body and I was having chronic pain after the surgery with scar tissue. Um, and I just completely disconnected. And what brought me back to my body and then down this whole road leading to me where I am now is learning fertility awareness. So charting my menstrual cycles, not just writing down the days that your period happens, but actually looking at my biomarkers every single day. And I can tell you exactly what point of my cycle I'm at and what that means hormonally. So long story short, disaster led to passion. And here I am trying to spread the word so that nobody has to go through these horrible incidences. And I would have, had I been charting my cycles back then, by the way, I would have caught the pregnancy in time to not lose my tube. So take that for what it's worth. <laughs> yeah, it, it is amazing that we are not taught. Like this is, when you're talking about the main event, it's like when you really think about your periods and menstruating, it, so much of our lives ties into the hormone fluctuations. So many women just, I, I have so many girlfriends who struggle hormonally. Mm -hmm. And they're always trying to find answers. And no one ever says to them, well, do you track them? Now we have, we have Fitbits that track our sleep. They, we can track our, everyone tracks their calories that we're told to like track our movement, our walking. And yet what affects us the most, our periods, our hormones and, and, and being, I don't know, kind of connected to our femininity almost is like, no, 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 you don't need to track that whatsoever. And, you know, but like, I loved that what you said, like so many women like spend their lives trying to diet, trying to push their bodies so hard and like not connecting to their bodies. It's like, we have been given that media image of what we're supposed to be and we're more connected to that media image than necessarily to our own bodies. And so I love that you brought up because I'm, I might track my days, but like I have, I was never really taught, like, this is how you track where you are in your fertility. This is your body's going to tell you things. This is where you are in your cycle. And so tell me more about what that's done for you. And when you're talking about like, going out and being active and like we're in cycles like we're just always push 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 type a is there something that we need to be doing with our cycles that would actually make us feel better yes where to start <laughs> yeah. So, yeah yeah and actually i'm i'm wondering if i should just give a quick rundown of what actually happens in your menstrual cycle first because yes, knowledge knowledge is empowerment right mm -hmm. and this is like that super basic thing that we all should have been taught instead of just yeah instead of diet and push yourself to the max and hide your period what we actually should have been taught is the physiology that happens every cycle because we believe the we say these things like oh my period is late that's not true your ovulation is late um, so, you know, there's a lot behind this, but first things first, your menstrual cycle is a cycle, which means by, by nature, there's no true beginning or end. Um, and things are constantly changing in a cycle. I'll choose to start with 
the period as the like start of a cycle, just because it's something we all observe. We can tell when our period begins. So that's why we call the first day of true bleeding on a period is called the cycle day one or day one of your cycle. And an average cycle is 25 to 35 days, not the exact 28 days in most people. And within those 28-ish days, uh, there's a whole lot of hormonal ebb and flow. And I like to compare these phases of the menstrual cycle throughout those 28-ish days to the seasons, the four seasons of nature. So starting with your period, that's like your inner winter. And Marcy, how would you explain, if, you, if I told you to describe the energy of the season of winter, how would you describe that energy? Oh, well, a little bit different now because I'm like, oh, let me oh, go out and ski and let me go out <laughs> and be in nature. But like even hiking, okay, mm -hmm. like if, even if I'm out hiking, in summer I'm fast. I'm like, let me get to the top. In winter, it's so meditative. It's calmer. It's yep. like on a snowy day, I want to like curl up with that blanket and that hot cup of cocoa. And so, yeah, I think of winter as like my cocoon time. Which is the perfect way to describe it. So on your period, this is your, your inner winter, if that type of framework resonates with you. And this is when your sex hormones drop to their lowest in the entire cycle. Mm -hmm. So you have progesterone and estrogen. Those, I call them figure skating part partners, and I know you like skating. Yeah. <laughs> so they have to be kind of in balance with each other in order to do really great. But at your period, estrogen and progesterone drop to their lowest. Um, so you're, you're, you're least hormonal, I guess, at this point. And this is when um, those drop in hormones can leave you feeling really low energy. It'll affect your mood. And you'll really feel those kind of wintry vibes. So maybe you're more tired, more slow. You're wanting to cozy up and really take, take care of yourself and take time for that self-reflection, self-work. Um, and you should do this. You should embrace this. Even though society wants us to be in inner summer, <laughs> you're in winter. Make the most of it. So this is your built-in reminder every cycle to, that it's okay to take time just for you. And after your period ends, you enter your follicular phase or your inner spring. And how would you describe a spring-like energy, Marcy? Oh, like rebirth. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I just want to like take it all in. But it's not like that, that go, go, go of summer. It's just like smelling the earth and the rain and the seeing the flowers. And it's like this, mm -hmm. I don't know, like everything's just happy and, you know, Twitter-pated. Yeah, you know, like that first green day of spring when you like, it's like the first nice day. That's sort of like you entering your follicular phase in your cycle. So during this week or this time leading up to ovulation, uh, your follicles in your ovaries are growing eggs um, and they're all kind of racing to mature to be the winning egg that gets released later on that cycle. So I kind of think of it as like the budding trees and flowers in spring. And that really brings that kind of playful, excited energy of spring. So in this, in your follicular phase, after your period and before ovulation, you start feeling that rising energy. Um, you feel more social. You get just a ton of new ideas and you want to start planning and strategizing. But you want to ease into it, right? Because it's, a, it's seasonal changes. You don't just suddenly flip the page and it's the next season. So after spring, you get your main event of your cycle, your inner summer, which is the time around ovulation. 
And this is like super dreamy and fun for many people with periods. So what do you think your summer ovulation energy is like, Marcy? Oh, like super high. Like, let me just go for it. Like, there's just so much to do. Let me, how can I fit it all in? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like so fun. I get like excited just talking about it. Yeah. And this is when many menstruators feel their most vibrant. So you have peaking estrogen and testosterone. Um, and if you look at it through an evolutionary lens, this is when your body wants you to get out and find a mate. So even if you're already with like a long-term forever partner around ovulation, you're pretty likely to start noticing other people. Um, and you just feel kind of more attractive and mag magnetic and confident. So, um, yeah, you're going to find ways to challenge yourself because you have that confidence. Your communication skills are highest at this time. Um, so for a lot of us outdoor athletes, this is when we feel like we can really go, go, go and get that personal record or get that summit. Um, it's pretty fun, but summer always ends and then inner autumn comes in. And this is that time between ovulation and the start of your next period, also known as your luteal phase. And so this covers like that PMS week. <laughs> and so how would you expect that autumn luteal phase energy to show up? Uh, see, I love autumn so much and I'm still in that like, but yeah, you do start like slowing a little bit. You start like kind of taking more time for things like, oh, and, and actually for me in fall, it's like, oh, let me savor this. But I know like with my periods, if, as long as I'm really happy in life, I can go straight up to a period with nothing. But if I'm dealing with something emotionally, that's where like I dip into the well is like, <laughs> like, oh, those emotions are gonna come out. So yeah, that's, and it's kind of like the same with fall too, because like I know winter's coming and it's mm -hmm. like, oh, like more emotions will come up during that time. Yeah. And you start kind of feeling that urge to like nest and get things done, get ready to hibernate. And that's exactly the vibes that many people feel during their premenstrual inner, inner autumn phase. Um, and this is, this is the phase of your cycle that is the most misunderstood and mismanaged in our society because society wants us to push, push, push as if we're in summer all the time. And of course that leads to burnout because nothing blooms all year round. So you really do need to protect that inner autumn time because if you don't slow down when your body asks you to, your body's going to start telling you <laughs> to slow down. And that's when you can really feel those symptoms. You might get injured. You're just pushing too hard. Um, so during this time, you want to protect it. I see the, your inner autumn, your premenstrual phase as sort of like the truth telling time, like you were telling, well, like you were saying, Marcy. Um, so things are going to start popping up that you realize are really bothering you. And so you have to, your critical power really comes in at this point where you start making decisions about, you know, how, what is my life really like? How do I really feel about this? And your brain is going to start really discerning um, how things are going because it's prepping for that, that winter renewal. And it wants you to wrap up tasks. It wants you to analyze what's been done, finish up any detailed work that um, if you did some like big broad work in your inner summer, you need to start doing those little fill in the details and wrap things up in autumn. So it's a super, super important phase and you can feel really good premenstrually when your hormones are in balance. But since our society doesn't uh, usually accommodate what we need during that phase, it can be hard, which is why a lot of us struggle with that. So um, Marcy, you probably noticed that like 
I mean, I won't speak for you, but have you ever noticed that some weeks you feel like super on top of the world, Beyonce, and then you're just totally flat and unmotivated on other weeks? <laughs> Absolutely. And it, it's, as you're saying this, like, it's like light bulbs going off that I've never really thought about that maybe instead of being gentle with myself in certain times, it's like, I am still trying to like, go, go, go. I'm trying. And then I'm mad at myself. And then my body does go off mm -hmm. and it's like, you know, but when you're looking at a society, as you're saying this, I'm like, oh my goodness, I like fight with this all the time and never even realized it. Like never even thought it's like, oh, I should meditate more. Well, maybe if I was more grateful or maybe if I, but like there are, there's these times where I'm like, I might as well have had a cake today. Like I was badass, right? And then there are times where it's like, I want to be badass. But all I want to do is like take my blankie and my hot cup of tea and like read a book and I don't want to deal with the world. And then when I'm badass, I feel like that's what I'm supposed to be. But as soon as I'm in the blankie mode, there's something wrong with me. I should. And of course, in the blankie mode, it's normally when I feel like, like maybe I've got water retention. So it's like, even in society, I feel like, oh, I should be going harder because I feel like my jeans don't fit. So I should be working out more. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that goes through these things. Like, but you, I've always been quiet about it. I don't tell mm. other people. Oh, now I'm just telling everybody on the podcast, you know, <laughs> Secret no secrets on my podcast, um, you know, but it's, so as you were speaking, I'm like, how do I make this work? in my regular life when our society is the way our society is because I've dealt with those injuries I've dealt with what I call the universe like knocking my butt down because I need to rest and I don't necessarily and like those moments where you just feel like you need rest so much mm -hmm. and you're like what's wrong with me and this is the yeah. first time I thought oh maybe there's something right with me instead of wrong with me Oh, that's so, wow. Put that on a wall. That is a good quote. <laughs> yes, maybe we need that all in a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like that. But I mean, yeah, I've been, I've been fully charting my cycles for five-ish years and really diving into this. And I still feel that sometimes, like there are definitely still days where I just get down on myself because people or the world expects X, Y, Z of me, but I only feel like I can barely scrape by with just X and I can't even start the Y and Z. And so that's why I've, um, I'm hoping to really expand my, the courses that I offer on my website soon, but I have my first course up there now. And the steps that I'm trying to take people through is first learning what actually happens in your body. I firmly believe that you need to understand your anatomy, your physiology, just how your hormones work, period, <laughs> literally period, <laughs> first. Then after that, I like to teach people how to chart their cycles. Um, whether you're going to use it for birth control or for um, to conceive or just for general health, because by charting your cycles, you get, it's like a pre-diagnosis tool where you can get an idea of maybe your thyroid struggling or maybe your progesterone's out of balance. This is all data that you can gather. Like, like all of you can gather this data and put it on a chart once you learn how. And so then once you have these charts, you can really pinpoint um, whether you're having issues, what those could be. And then also you can kind of pinpoint your seasons. 
So uh, that's after people learn how to chart and learn what's going on in their bodies. That's when I really like to dive into those things that you can do that can uh, change the way that you eat, move, work, and play in order to feel your best. So there's strategies that you can pull from each of these inner seasons and apply them to the way you do things. So um, if I were to think about exercise, for example, like um, you're a kayaker, so I, I don't know, I can make up some kayak words right now. <laughs> I was a rafter, I can do a little bit. But, you know what an eddy line is, or an eddy is, what yeah. a line is, yeah. <laughs> I just wouldn't trust myself to put on a spray skirt and like not, yeah. <laughs> I've rolled once and I choked up a lot of water. <laughs> Um, but yeah, if you're, so if you're really devoted to one sport, then I would say like the first thing to really pay attention to is how you feel before ovulation versus how you feel, feel after ovulation, because that ovulation is like the dividing line of your hormones. So you're estrogen dominant in the first half of your cycle and then progesterone dominant in the second half. And that has effects on your body's response to exercise. So for example, after you ovulate, your core body temperature is higher. So um, it, it changes the way, uh, how much fluid is in your bloodstream. It changes the way that you sweat. It changes your heart rate. If you have your Fitbit, like you were saying, if you wore your Fitbit every day for a month, you would see slightly higher heart rate uh, in the second half of your cycle. So there's all these changes that happen on, on an under the surface cellular level, but it shows up as feeling more tired during your luteal phase, second half of the cycle workouts. Uh, you won't feel as coordinated when you're going through those rapids. You'll need more time to recover in between big pushes. And these are all things that nobody tells us. So sometimes when you're a week before your period and just feeling like crap out there on the river, wondering why you're in your own head and can't perform the way that you thought you would, you can give yourself some grace by, first of all, by knowing this isn't my fault. This is just my body um, in its seasonal phases, but also you can prepare. So part of charting is knowing exactly what's going on in your hormones so that you can predict your energy and mood weeks into the future. So you can plan your big kayaking trips for certain times if you know exactly um, when you're going to be in certain areas, certain parts of your cycle. But you can also build in that extra recovery time if you need it. You can plan certain nutrition strategies um, depending on where you're going to be. So you can feel great at any time during your cycle. It's just a matter of planning and preparing ahead of time for those, those phases that feel a little bit tougher during your sport. There's like so many questions going through my head right now about like nutrition and like, wow, I never, I, I tend to like be, because I'm always on the go, I do the same thing nutritionally. And then like I'm getting into my period and suddenly like, why do I'm not a sweets person and suddenly I want sweets and like, I feel wrong for wanting sweets or something. And then you realize, oh, this is just part of my cycle. But I never even thought about, you know, I think about performance and like what I'm eating, protein, carbs, and things like that. But I never thought of like eating within my cycle. Like this is a new thought to me um, that I can't believe has never been brought up before. Ooh, so take notes. I'll give you a little sneak peek into <laughs> each. So the, the way I like to think about this again is the seasons of nature. So this is kind of like your mnemonic device to remember what to eat. So when you're on your period, the goal of eating with your period is to reduce inflammation because inflammation leads to cramps and just general feeling icky. 
um, and to replenish the nutrients lost when you're bleeding. So think of inner winter, think of wintry food. So you have warm, hearty meals, warming spices like turmeric, um, anti-inflammatory herbs, foods with iron. You want um, omega-3 fatty acids to help, not omega-6, omega-3 fatty acids to help with inflammation, um, replacing B vitamins. So think kind of like winter, hearty, warm on your period. And then once your period ends, you're in spring, inner spring, and this is when you want to help um, metabolize or, or have your body use the, the estrogen that is building up in your system. The goal with estrogen is to use it and lose it. You don't want extra estrogen hanging out in your system because that can lead to some, like bad PMS, heavy periods. Mm. So you can use food, nutrition, to help you get that extra estrogen out of your body after it's used. And that's like cruciferous veggies are really good with that. Um, you want to think about your gut health here. So fermented veggies, uh, light greens, citrus, seeds, think like um, light and bright produce here, like spring and cooling, cooling herbs and spices. Um, yeah, as you approach inner summer, this is when you really want to keep up that, that peak energy. So you're supporting your energy. You actually need fewer calories. I mean, I don't like to really think in terms of calories very much, but the point is you need to eat more after you ovulate, which means that sometimes during your high energy inner summer, you might forget to eat because you're in that part of your cycle that isn't demanding the extra calories. And you're just like, go, go, go. Oh my gosh, I forgot to eat. So you want to think of those things that'll um, get you the energy that you need, but still feel like kind of light and bright, cooling raw foods. I like to do smoothies when I'm ovulating, salads, more cruciferous veggies for um, that estrogen detoxification. Anything out of your garden would be great here. <laughs> and then once you enter that inner autumn phase, the goal is to support your mood and to build up nutrients. So this is think autumn foods, cozy filling foods. You might have soups, stew, stews, root vegetables I really like here. So um, like sweet potatoes, squash, yams, pumpkin, leafy greens, warming spices, warming uh, herbs. And of course, uh, you want to think about magnesium. This is when like you want that chocolate. And I know it sounds silly and everyone's always like, oh yeah, like dark chocolate from my, before my period, like magnesium, but that's legit. So like half the yeah. population is deficient in magnesium and magnesium is this like magical mineral uh, that so many of us are deficient in and it can really truly ease your PMS symptoms if you're getting enough magnesium. So look at that there. <laughs> yeah. I, I started using magnesium two or three years ago, a product that actually really worked with me and it was like my cramps that I had had from the day one of getting my period as a teenager, like for the first time, I didn't have to take three Advil every five and a half hours. You know, I was like, oh, what a wonder drug. Um, I want to touch on something because like we were talking about the whitewater kayaking. We're talking about the outdoors. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of women, it feels like they have entered a male-dominated world. I mean, one of the things that I'm trying to do with ETT Adventures is to show the manufacturers that we're not male-dominated anymore <laughs> and actually give up on the manufacturers and fund women to design the gear that we need. Yes. <laughs> because it's been so male-dominated. And even our magazines and our media, for the most part, will show almost like a masculine looking female. And so there's nothing wrong with that. Like I'm a very muscular woman, but like I 
see every picture of the rock climber that Outdoor Magazine has put up that I've seen, and I haven't seen a lot, so I might have missed something, is like, if there wasn't a sports bra on the back, I would not know if it was a male or female. And so we're coming into this world. So like whitewater kayaking, the guys are all beat their chest. Let's go. Like, and it's a very um, intense world. I mean, we are busting through rapids. And then chica paddles are a little bit more like supportive and talking and there for one another but we're also like go and get it so when you're coming to this sport or any sport like mountaineering or even skiing or you know rock climbing and you feel that masculinity and now you're trying to work within your cycles and not be that like i might be like in my winter and I'm thinking, oh, but the, this river is releasing and it's everybody's there and everybody's hyped up. How do you deal with that emotionally mm -hmm. to be like, I'm going to honor my body right now and not feel like the weak woman who's mm. trying to keep up with the boys. Yeah. I mean, definitely something I've been working on for my whole life. Um, looking back to when I was a kid, even back then, I always had the whole, like, I need to show that I'm, I can beat the boys or at least run with them. And I still feel that today. So I find myself in, uh, in many situations where I'm the only woman. And I put a lot of pressure on myself to perform. And uh, I feel that when I'm the only woman, I'm representing all women. And I'm, I'm, on, I'm on an ice hockey team that is all men except for me. And it makes me feel like if I'm like super, uh, you know, a few days before my period and I'm feeling my lowest energy. I, every time I'm on the ice, I think they're going to meet and therefore all women <laughs> because I'm not performing the best. And I know that's not logical, uh, but I still struggle with it all the time. So I think uh, my advice would be to just try it out, getting to know your cycle. Uh, it sounds like this crazy out of this world framework, but if you can give it a few months to really get used to your changing energy, then it stops feeling like, uh, you stop feeling like a victim because it's your body and you can find the powers behind every single season. So I'm thinking of my Rainier climb this coming summer and I'm totally happy whichever phase I'll be in at that point. So if I'm on my period, that's great because my, uh, my um, hormone levels are lowest, which means that I ha I'll have like a clear mind um, and my body is gonna be most similar to that of somebody with a penis because my, I won't have the um, estrogen and progesterone. So there's a perk there. Um, it makes kind of like levels that playing field of hormones. If I'm in my follicular phase, then I'll have some budding energy and I'm going to have a very like strategic planning mind, which is pretty good when you're out there in the mountains and glaciers. If I'm in my inner summer, um, that's great because I'll have all that energy and I'm going to feel really bold. And if I'm premenstrual in my inner autumn, then I'm going to have a really good, like logical mind. I'm going to be very good at uh, seeing different perspectives and asking the right questions that other people forget to ask. And also my, my body temperature will be a little bit warmer. So that might help. <laughs> um, progesterone can also help you with sleep if it's in balance. So I'll sleep better on the mountain. So truly there's 
perks, there's challenges and powers to each part of your cycle. And I think if you can get to know each one and really just dive in for a few cycles and really start focusing on how you feel energetically and mood and even what you're eating at each part of your cycle, you'll start to feel at home in each of them. Um, so although I'm not perfect, I, I, it kind of feels great when I'm out there um, in kind of that male dominated, in those male dominated spaces, it feels like I have a little secret <laughs> in me that they don't know about. I'm like, you don't know which power I have right now, but um, yeah, become familiar uh -oh. with it. <laughs> what a wonderful thought if we could change this, just like we're trying to change the gear industry, mm -hmm. change this to that this is our superpower. Instead yeah. of what society has said, like how many guys are like, oh, are you on your period right now? And like, you know, just all that concept of that we're weaker because we have periods. Like the way you talk about it, it's like our superpower. And when we're balanced and we're listening to our bodies, instead of being, when you think about it, our world for a very long time was extremely male dominated. And really in the last like since the women's movement we've been told in a lot of ways that like i and i'm not putting this down i think about pantsuit nation and i remember when they were like pantsuit nation well i look horrible in a pantsuit please give me my skirt and my my mm -hmm. dresses but like i felt like i had to be a man in order to be equal and i was like i don't understand it I mean, if you think about the story of Helen of Troy, I mean, she brought down entire dynasties, right? Women have always had this incredible power in their femininity yeah. that is just so beautiful. And, and that's whether you're a girly girl or considered a tomboy or anything, there's something so beautiful about being a woman and having periods and that we can carry a child whether we choose to or not and like i love this podcast so much and i'm so glad that we connected because for the first time it feels empowering it doesn't feel like something that you have to hide and that it's something that we can work within and have superpowers in instead of being like oh no 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 this makeup makes us the weaker sex and i thank you so so much for everything that you shared so much good information and i definitely will have your website in the links below um go and check out andy's website go and check out all of our information and all of us i think we all have to talk to each other differently too when we're out in the woods or even out in the world i was really thinking about this as you were talking about how many of us come, oh, I have my period, or oh, I'm getting my period, or oh, like, you know, and I just don't want to be here today, or I don't, like, supporting one another to start thinking of it as something beautiful, as something that's not in our way, as something that is our superpowers. And, um, and one of the things on ETT Adventures, there has never been gear for women's periods. If you go into REI, if you go into any of the outfitter stores, um, they do not have gear to deal with your period in the woods. And so many women feel like an afterthought because of it. Like you're supposed to stay out. And we do carry the period pack that carries all your supplies in a really pretty 
close it up and organize way. I, I always joke that we have makeup bags and like organizers for our makeup brushes out there in our purses and yet nothing was ever around for a woman to like organize her period stuff to like travel or be out in the woods. And so that's empowering as well. So if we can all listen to the things that Angie's bringing up and we can get in tune with our bodies, I think we could all have a better experience out there. Yeah. Can I tag team on that idea real quick? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love like those underlying themes of teamwork because I, I definitely fell into that patriarchy trap of I need to compete with other women in order to come on top, which is not true. And it took me until now that if we can move from competition to collaboration, that is when we smash the patriarchy. And that is when we can let our true power shine. And the way I see cycles, menstrual cycles really coming into play here is that we're all on our own cycle. Like you're probably, I don't know what day you're on Marcy, but I'm on, I'm on cycle day 10. And if we're in a group of people with periods and we're all on different parts of the cycle, that means that all of those superpowers of each phase are happening at once. And we can make amazing plans and goals and decisions by, by tuning into each person's powers and challenges at that one point, instead of having like, you know, these flat 24 hour cycle only <laughs> hormones of testosterone and, you know, nothing as exciting as ours, then, you know, that's just kind of like flatlining. If we can take all of our powers in one room, like imagine the magic that we can have <laughs> from that teamwork. It's super cool. It, it really, really is. And that is a really good point that women have to continue to lift each other up. We have to be there for one another. We can cannot compete against one another. And I have always said, if women could stop competing against one another, we would rule the world. There's just no way that we wouldn't. And it's, it's been a heartbreak in my life that women feel that they have to compete against one another. And it's something that we have to change. So I love so much that you said that. And I think about like the women that come together on hikes and, you know, on the river and how we can completely support each other. It's like, oh, you're in, you know, your winter right now. Do you want to take the river slower together so that you're not left behind? Like, I don't mind doing that. I can go do my run. Do you want to like walk the mountain slower? And I know I'm, I'm definitely um, someone that like I get out there and I'm like, I'm really fast at hiking and I want to just go, 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 go. And I never even thought about it. I was hiking this weekend. And I'm like, why am I slow? Like, I'm just, mm -hmm. I had my period. Like, I was trying, I was in my winter. And, like, if we can even remind each other of that, like, instead of it being like, oh, are you on your period? Like, be like, where are you in your cycle? And support one another in that and show it as something beautiful, like what you just said. Women might start feeling better out in the outdoors and in life. Like, I'm going to try to figure out my work schedule around my cycles. This is, like... Yeah, head so to my blog. There's a post about that. <laughs> I've got the how you can uh, sync your cycle with your work, your movement, your food. Like, there's just such a whole world out there, and I truly think that this will just the framework can give you peace of mind and it can help you with your energy, your mood, your confidence. And that does reflect in your outdoor sport and everything else you do. And then we take over the world and smash the patriarchy. So. <laughs> yeah. And it, you know, as you were talking, like, I'm almost scared. I'm like, Oh geez, I don't know how to like flow with my cycle. And like, that would mean that I would stop 
doing this and training really hard. And I'm like, oh, but that could stop me from burning out. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, I'm not of this. I burnt out so hard, had the worst stress fra- fa- fracture the doctor ever saw, lost my period, almost died from birth control. Like all these things kind of just led me here. And I cannot believe that I didn't learn about this when I was younger because it would have saved me a whole lot of time and energy and heartbreak. And um, yeah, I just think if it sounds scary, then it's, it's probably a sign that it's something good that you should look into, you know, be brave, be bold and, and dip your toe into something that's brand new. That's been inside you the entire time. And I think one of the things, one thing that's been coming up for me quite a bit, um, and everybody's, it's like coming from every direction is be gentle with yourself. Mm. Like just remember to be gentle. And I don't think women are gentle. I think we are innately gentle, but we have not been taught to be gentle with ourselves. And if we could get back to that as well, there is a superpower in being gentle with yourself and not having to be everything all the time and not having to be on all the time. And that is something we all, I think, need to relearn and maybe flowing with our own bodies can help us to do that. So yeah, you can have it all. You just can't have it all at once in one day. So spread out what you can have and you'll feel fulfilled, right? (laughs) Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for coming on. And please, please, please look up her information and get in touch with Angie and let's have more conversations like this and make being a woman in the world a better place for all of us. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Angie. Thank you, Marcy. Thank you for joining us on this episode of E2T Adventures. Please go to our website, www.e2tadventures.com and join the movement to make the outdoors more comfortable, safe, and enjoyable for all who identify as female. And remember, you have one life, one body, one playground earth. Go have an adventure.